This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3555 for Friday, the 18th of March, 2022. Today's show is entitled Popcorn Episode 1 The Fallacy of the Unreasonable Effectiveness of Mathematics in the Etc. It is hosted by Black Colonel and is about 16 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is Black Colonel tries talking off the cuff with mixed results. Hello, Hacker Public Radio. My name is Black Colonel, and in this episode, I'm going to sort of be talking more off the cuff than usual. Excuse me. I've been trying to record more often, but the craziness of my life right now has uh, been making that untenable, so I'm trying to experiment with a few new ways of recording video or recording episodes I tried to do it in my car using my phone which didn't work so well because uh, apparently getting it from my phone to Hacker Public Radio is a bit of a chore so now I'm trying it using I just installed Slackware 15 on my desktop computer but I came to my attention that blackbuilds.org doesn't have anything for 15.0 yet, so mm, I'm trying to use the stuff that comes with Slackware 15, so I'm using K-Wave at the moment, which doesn't have a compressor plugin or a way of removing uh, of noise cancellation or anything, or at least nothing that I could find. So I'm going to look into that a little more after I finish this recording, but I wanted to get something recorded so that I would have something on a computer that I could use to actually send it to the people at HPR. Anyway, this is a series that I'm going to be calling Popcorn, which is basically just going to be random stuff that I'm thinking about. Uh, And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the fallacy of the... Um, surprising effectiveness of mathematics is how how it's usually seen Uh, it's one of those I guess it's supposed to be some kind of proof of God or proof of um, some kind of creator or creation because according to actually let me because I have my computer right here let me look up a definition from somebody So it's called The Unreasonable Effectiveness of Mathematics in the Natural Sciences. It says, The miracle of appropriateness of the language of mathematics for the formulation of the laws of physics is a wonderful gift which we neither understand nor deserve. We should be grateful for it and hope that it will remain valid in the future and research that it will extend for better or for worse to our pleasure, uh, even though perhaps to our bafflement to the wide branches of learning. Uh, Where's the... Do, do, do. 
Where is... So that was the general formulation of it. Let me see where the... Ah, I can't... Apparently. I've seen it used to argue the existence of God, because why else would the laws of mathematics work so well with the um, laws of physics in the natural sciences? I don't see that in this particular formulation as far as this original 1960 article by Eugene Wagner. We um, eh. Regardless, I did want to talk about how the, even in concept, this is a kind of fe uh, fallacious statement because there is nothing unreasonably effective about mathematics in natural sciences because mathematics is a tool which is wholly humanly created. I mean, even if we want to go all the way to the point of the uh, fine structure constant, let me pull that up so I can talk about it. So the fine structure constant is something which uh, Feynman said that every physicist should have on his wa wall and worry about it, because the fine structure constant doesn't have any units, basically, is the, um, is the thing about it. I believe that is correct. Yeah, uh, and the thing that's weird about that is that it just is a sort of raw number in the, uh, in the math of quantum mechanics, and it's not really that surprising, though, considering that it is a ratio of two as it would have to be if it was a number a ratio of two equal um like of two different numbers that are the same units if that makes sense um words the reason why this isn't even part like this is the most surprising thing mathematically about um, the laws of physics. By the way, the fine structure constant is approximately 1 over 137. But the the reason why it doesn't matter, per se, is because, and it's hard to get people to understand this, which is why it's frustrating that I'm having such a hard time even speaking clearly at the moment. Just, I'm not very good at uh, just riffing on myself. Anyway, um, it's arbitrary, like, you could, it's hard to get people to understand how arbitrary mathematics is, or like, how many choices are available in mathematics. So, mathematics is based on the Zermelo-Frankel with choice axioms, and they all seem relatively straightforward, like, for example, the... Um, the one of the most basic ones would be probably the axiom of identity or the axiom of extensionality I think is what it's called in ZFC 
intentionality. Here we go. Um, yeah, so the axiom of extensionality is sort of a definition for equality, which says that two sets are equal if all of their elements are equal. Uh, in the formal language, it's that for all A and for all B, or rather for all A, for all B, for all X, X is an element of A precisely when, or rather if X is an element of A precisely when X is an element of B, then that implies that A is equal to B. So if X is, if all X is in A, if all of the X's are in A, and all of the X's are in B, and they're all the same X's, then A is equal to B. Which seems like it's like, okay, yeah, if the, if the sets have all the same elements, then yeah, they're, they're equal. Why is this like a thing that needs to be talked about? And the reason is because it's a um, logical formulation in first-order logic. Uh, so you don't need, like, you have to postulate this because you can't prove it is the idea. But the thing is, is it doesn't, you could come up with a different notion of equality, and it would, it's possible for it to be just as valid or just as um, generalizable. So, I mean, I can't sit here and give you examples of all of these different notions of equality, mostly because I am a human, and this is sort of the way that I understand the world, but it's possible that if there's another intelligence, then, like an alien or something, then they might understand mathematics in a very different way than we would. Not just a different base, not just a different, um, like, orientation, but a completely different framework from the ground up that just happens to intersect with all of the things that we already know. And so our mathematics is not particularly exceptional in the fact that it can define the world because the world is already there and all, all of the, like the reason why we have this, the reason why we came up with this axiom that we can't prove. So this axiom isn't something which can be derived from, from more fundamental things. Uh, is because this is how it is viewed in the real life. So we have purposefully constructed mathematics to uh, reflect the real world rather than having mathematics sort of be the real world. Because mathematics is axiomatic and sort of definitionally reality is not axiomatic. Or if it is axiomatic, then that's just... Another way of saying that it has a creator, and if it does have a creator, that isn't something that you can prove by saying that math has a creator, because that's kind of... It's, at best, non-sequitur, and at worst, circular logic. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of what I wanted to talk about. I, I, can, I do kind of want to talk about a little bit that... I, I kind of am a outlier, at least in the people that I know of... Because I am a very devout Catholic, so I am a very religious person. But every single time I see a proof of God, I just kind of... It's its frustrating, because they're all crap. Like, the, the, the basic reason why all proofs of God are crap is because I have not yet seen a proof of God which can prove the God it's trying to prove. <laughs> like, the best example would probably have to be um, St. Thomas Aquinas, who used the uh, first mover, 
proof of God, basically saying that um, if something has an effect, then it has to have a cause. So God is the thing which is the cause of the first effect, in essence. It's a little bit more subtle than that. It's It kind of has the same logical holes as what can be seen in that kind of simplification, but I'm not, I'm not doing it as, ju as much justice as I could. But the... At the end of the day, that doesn't even prove, like, St. Thomas Aquinas was Catholic, but it doesn't prove that the Catholic God is the real God, because there could be, like, like uh, Azathoth or whatever, or Nyarlathotep, that maybe that's the thing which caused the first effect. Or maybe it all got sneezed out of the, the thing from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It doesn't prove that your God is the right God, it just proves that a God exists, which is a less strong um it's less strong than what most of them would like it to be and in general a lot of times the uh god that is proved in these could easily just be the big bang and then th there is no like intelligence behind that god in a lot of these proofs there are some that stipulate that has to be an intelligent like the the watchmaker argument and stuff like that which I mean, you, if you've read The Blind Watchmaker by Dawkins, then you can see kind of the logical fallacies with that particular argument, but basically it's, it's, it's frustrating to me that people keep trying to prove that God exists because, uh, by its fundamental nature, because God is the universe, it's kind of hard, to, I mean, for the same reason in mathematics. You can't, there are some axioms that you just can't prove because you need them to build everything else. Like, there has to be something to stand on before you can start building stuff, and God is kind of like what I believe that is in the real world, which means you can't prove it, which means stop trying to prove it. <laughs> or else, um, it, like the axioms in mathematics, which are other things that you can't prove, which also make them, you know, not very... Um, fundamental to the real world because we made them up um, in order to reflect the real world. What was I going to say? Can't remember what I was going to say after that, so I'm just going to end it here. And take this as a good episode. So thank you for tuning in. My name is Izzy Leibowitzer Black Colonel. You can contact me on Mastodon at BlackKernel at Nixnet.social. Or you can email me at IzzyLeibowitz at PM.me. That's at India Double Zulu Yankee. I don't remember how to spell my last name. Hold on. Um... That is India, Double Zulu, Yankee, Lima, Echo, India, Bravo, Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango, Zulu, at PapaMike.MikeEcho. So you can email me on there, or you can send me a Mastodon message, which I already said what that is, and I'm not going to spell it because it's going to be in the show notes. Uh, anyway, 
this has been a rambling time, and maybe I will edit it, maybe I won't. I have not yet decided. Probably won't, just because I want to get it actually out there, so I'm sorry for all of the long pauses and terrible audio quality. But, you know, socks. It is what it is. S-O-C-K-S. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.